Hi, this is Erica Monique, and I am the host and creator of Natural Soul Conversations, the platform for people that are black persuasion, that are melanated, however you want to call it. You know, right now we call ourselves black, African-Americans, Afro-Americans, a black first, whatever. If you look like us, this is the place for us, all right? We're going to talk about everything from pop culture to politics, science, finance, health, education, and you know we're going to talk about sticky relationships. Whatever it is, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to do it as a family. And you know, just like with our families, we might argue, we might not disagree, but we're going to do it as a family. We're going to keep it cute, and we're going to respect each other. So sit back, relax, and Let's have that conversation. Welcome, family, to Natural Soul Conversations. I'm your host, Erica Monique, and I am so thrilled for you guys to have a chance to meet up with my friend. My at to date, this is my oldest friend. Not not in age. No, we're not saying in age, but in just in terms of years. Of Experience in terms of just how how long we've known each other. This is Miss Kimberlyn Barnes. I knew you as can I say you can I say the first the other name? You sure okay. can. So I knew I knew Miss Kimberlyn Barnes as Kim Hodge from around the way. We stayed in the same neighborhood, went to the same schools, junior high and high school. And I tell you, she actually, uh, which I don't know if she realizes or not, but she actually kind of. Uh, Watch my back. Not that I, I was just a little, I was a little quiet in some ways. And she kind of, you know, she kind of nudged me a little bit in some areas. I don't know if she realized. Did you, do you realize that? Not really. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. There was a little incident. And then we'll, we'll definitely uh, give the, uh, give the family an opportunity to learn more of who you are what you've been up to, but there was a little incident. I don't know if you remember, but uh, we were in school and it was my freshman year and there were a group of girls. We were all friends in junior high. We get to high school and, you know, I, you know, we, you know, you do that thing called the Jones, you know, Jones and, and, uh, you know, me and one of myself and one of the girls, we were just kind of going at each other friendly. I thought, and all of a sudden, it just kind of turned, and she got her little crew, and, you know, they kind of bullied me a little bit, you know, and they would see me in the cafeteria, and, you know, and they, you know, ugh, look at her, ugh, you know, that kind of stuff. And there was like six of them, four, yeah, it was about six of them and one of me, and we were near the band hall, and you said, I just want to know, why, why do y'all not like her? You remember this? Wow, Noah. Oh my God. Yeah, you said that. You said, why why are y'all picking on her? How come you guys don't like her? And something just clicked in me because I even then I wasn't I wasn't a I, like I wasn't a fearful person. It's just I didn't run and, and jump and get into fights. That was never my thing. And it took me a long time to kind of rev up, you know, uh to even protect myself because I just never understood. Especially, you know, in that situation, because she and I were playing, I thought, and uh, and I just snapped and I said, "Yeah, wait, what's what is what's going on?" And I said, "You know what? I'll fight every last one of you guys. I'll, I'll fight you one at a time, but we could fight." And then they go, "Oh no, 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 no!" 
And by the end of the day, they each of them came up to me. Well, it's not that, you know, you know, we could squash all this. And I'm thinking we went to one of the toughest high schools. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, they people were jumping each. You know, they get in groups and they were jumping people. And that was an opportunity for them to just jump me. But, you know, we were in the band hall. I mean, this was band kids. So, you know, you have to <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. But that was not my mindset then. I was thinking, okay, they they about to jump me and I'm just gonna have to be prepared. And, you know, and I had to put my big girl pants on and and I was cool with it. And then I realized that, okay, these these girls, they just talking for whatever mm-hmm. they did. But you but you actually you initiated that spark, you know, because I, I wasn't really taking I wasn't, you know, protecting myself mainly because I didn't understand what was going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but you, you, you know, you kind of had my back and didn't know it a lot of times. So I appreciate that. Back nice. Yeah. You know, I, and, and it's funny, you know, I, I, I'm asking you how you, and you'll explain to our family in a moment what you do, but now I understand why you do what you do now. You Thank know, you. I mean, it, it fits perfectly. So I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to, I want you to tell my family who you are and what you do. All right. Awesome. Hey, family. Before I go on, thank you, Erica, for inviting me to this platform. It has been a minute. But one thing you know, when you have good friends and a good relationship, it doesn't matter if it was 30 years or 30 minutes, you can just pick Mm. up where you left off. And I just want you to know just that statement that you just made just just brighten up my little heart. Yeah. (laughs) But it's (laughs) so um, So family, let's just go ahead and get this train moving. Mm. My name is Kimberlon Barnes. Kim, you can call me Kim. You know, Mm -hmm. just don't call me late for dinner or any disrespectful names. That's right. (laughs) I was born and raised in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I lived there for years, everyone, for years until I met this wonderful man. And he was like, let's move to Phoenix. (laughs) So he uprooted me to Phoenix because of his job. And we moved here in uh, 2007. Mm. Mm. So um, a fun fact about me, because I am a licensed professional counselor now, but I I haven't always been a licensed professional counselor. Mm -hmm. I had received my bachelor's in accounting and switched Mm -hmm. gears and obtained a master's degree in professional counseling. So Mm -hmm. I worked in state government for about 15 years and became a counselor in 2012. Mm. So um, I sound like I'm giving y'all a resume, but just just hold tight. I'm I'm summarizing it all up. Uh, In addition to being an accountant and a licensed professional counselor, Mm -hmm. I'm also a certified motivational speaker Mm. and I'm an author. I got to plug my book in. I'm an author of a children's book titled flip your life and Mm -hmm. flip is actually an acronym for faithful learning in public and private and i'm so proud of my baby that book came out in 2015 and that was one and done okay just know that was (laughs) that was it (laughs) so no so no sequel no 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 (laughs) folks 
not right now. Not okay, right now. Okay. okay. And, <laughs> and so now um, through my counseling ventures, and we'll talk more in detail as we move on through um, this segment, um, I actually became the owner this year during this pandemic, y'all. During mm. the pandemic, mm. I became an owner of a, my own counseling agency called Focus Living Count- Counseling. Yeah. And lastly... I have a scope cast called Under the Scope. Mm. It's where I interview people and it's through the Zoom platform on Saturdays mm. at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Yes, so right. Y'all tune in. Tune yes. in. Oh, yes. right. See, she's doing things. You know, I, the people, I, our classmates, we're doing things. We just have to, you know, tap into each other and just see what's up. But man, you have been busy. You have, I mean, yes. I knew that. I knew that you, I knew that you were, um, you had a background or that you were in accounting. And, and when I saw that you were going into, uh, 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 counseling, I thought, wow, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. Now I, you know, and I'm really bad with, uh, you know, connecting with people, uh, verbally or even, even digitally. I just, you know, you get kind of caught up with life and, you know, you, you, you like the, the photos or whatever, you know, at least for me. And, and then you go on with life, but you know, I've been, I've been following, you know, I, I've been, you know, okay. not, I don't want to say trolling, you know, I just been, I just had my eye on you. I, I'll put it that way. I had my eye on you. And so when I, I saw you make like the transition, I thought, wow, that was, that's kind of interesting. But even in recalling this story just now, it made it started to make sense why you would go into because you've always and it wasn't just me you know I remember you know some of the people that you know at a time in our lives when you know it was more like you feel more of the um the pressure to be in the in crowd you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but like when I think about you I saw you and I see you in my mind as a person who had friends um, that were in different in different groups, in, in different status groups, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. you had people that were obviously popular. You had people that, you know, weren't so popular. You had, you know, and I'm saying friends. And I've seen you be friends with people that um, not a lot of people at all were friends with, you know? And mm-hmm. that's just, And that's hard to do. You know, because again, at least for me, you feel the pressure. At least then, I don't care now. You know, but mm-hmm. then you feel the pressure to to try to fit in. And a lot of times, you know, um, some people don't fit in. Um, you know, when we're talking about high school stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and I think about our time, and I realize that you uh, you really did have. I mean, you were just that person, you know, so for you to be a counselor and be an advocate for people, I mean, that just makes so much sense, you know? Yes. It does, you know, and I don't know, I just, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm very proud of, you know, the, you know, your, of your journey, that of which I know of, and I don't, you know, I only know what I, what I've seen, you know, online, but man, it makes me proud, and just to know you, even back then, and then to put the pieces together, because I don't know if you know this about me, but uh, people fascinate me. 
you know, in their, in their journey, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, you, my background, I kind of, I did music, but I, I kind of did the um, very, uh, you know, I, I'm nothing big, you know, I had a regular job, you know, I was in uh, the real, real estate industry for a while. And now, you know, I have my own business and I, you know, I freelance here and there. Um, but I always thought I would be a musician and uh, that didn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? um, and, and that was mainly because of me, because I realized that, um, you know, that's not really who I was. And the funny thing about it is that like what I'm doing right now, this is what I love to do. I love talking to people. I love listening to their stories. And then it makes it even better knowing their, you know, their backstory and then mm-hmm. seeing where they are now, you know, so it's, it's awesome. But, but tell me, how did you, uh, you know, how did you realize that, Hey, wait a minute. I, you know, I, I kind of want to make the shift from numbers to, to people. How did that happen for you? So the way that it happened, it, it's definitely was a, a, a wild journey to actually make that switch. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of people that share stories, how people are like naturally attracted to them? Like Mm. wherever they go, it's like someone that's coming up to them, talking about this, Mm -hmm. bearing their souls. Well, that person was me, right? And Mm -hmm. this is is pre-counselor me. Mm-hmm. So wherever I would go, people would come up to me and just they would start sharing their stories. And I was like, I can't help you. I can barely <laughs> help myself. Yeah. Yeah. But but then here's a real life story that actually happened to me. Again, I was in the store mm-hmm. um, and I was on a greeting card aisle just mm-hmm. one day, just looking at greeting cards for, for no reason. I don't know mm-hmm. why I was wasting time on the greeting card aisle at the store and Mm -hmm. I was looking at greeting cards and Mm -hmm. I was just looking just standing there wasting time I don't know maybe I was waiting Mm -hmm. on my parents I don't know what I was doing and it was just me on the aisle and a young lady Mm -hmm. came down the aisle and she was crying Mm. and then she came up to me and she was like can you help me and I was wow. looking around because, again, this is pre-counselor me. I'm like, who's after her? You know, do I have to run or what? Yeah. But, <laughs> but then wow. I was like, you know, are you OK? And then she was like, no. She said, I just need to talk to someone because I'm in an abusive relationship. But I automatically knew to oh. ask her, was she safe? Because I didn't, you know, want anything to happen to her or myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she started talking to me and I, we actually exchanged numbers and we formed a friendship and I oh, was wow. available there for her until one day, I, I don't know what happened, but I, I think she just transitioned on. And so, mm-hmm. you know, from her story, and then I had other stories of people who lost people, people who were having uh, problems within their relationships. I mean, they were just coming up to me and I was like, wow, you know, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So not only there in the store, when I was working as a, an accountant, I got to know my uh, customers and my clients. I mm-hmm. knew their story. Mm-hmm. I knew their family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I realized that by people telling me their stories so much that first it was a, oh my gosh, why are they coming to me? But then that transition mm-hmm. into a love, you know, how, how can I help them? How can I be available yeah. for them? And how can I help them even reach their goals, right? It may not necessarily mean Mm -hmm. anything bad that's going on in their world, but if they're stuck and they need to set goals, I just want it to be available. And that's when I decided Mm -hmm. to go back to school and get my master's in professional counseling. And here I am Mm -hmm. today. But I do want to share this um, because that transition wasn't an easy one for me going from Mm -hmm. an accountant to a counselor and even at my school they said do you know what you're doing they said you realize going (laughs) from becoming an accountant to a counselor you're going to take a pay cut and I was like yeah well okay Uh, but Mm -hmm. I I went Mm -hmm. ahead and went forward with wagers because I was like hey I'll just stay an accountant but if something comes along and then gives me that opportunity to be a counselor, then I'll, I'll jump ship. That opportunity right. came along. I didn't even have to interview. Then another opportunity wow. came along. So I went ahead and made the switch. And because I felt like I made that switch and to my purpose, I mean, even mm-hmm. that pay cut, I mean, I, I missed nothing. I didn't miss a beat. And yeah. now here I am wow. like working in the field that I'm passionate for. Wow. That is wow. Well, you know what? I, I want to know, uh, and I'm just going to jump into it. What you say you started your own counseling service in the middle of, of pandemic. Yes. So I can guess how the pandemic has been <laughs> for you, but, <laughs> uh, but what have you know, as a licensed professional though, um, what have you noticed, if if anything, um, that the pandemic has, um, like, what the effects has, has been on the mental state of of the average mind? And I and I am going to speak uh, specifically for Black people, in particular. Okay. Okay. So with the pandemic, I will say that it overall fared well because being Mm -hmm. in the mental health field especially at the agency I work at because I also work at an agency as well Mm -hmm. um, we were able to make the transition on a moment's notice and still be available Mm -hmm. for our for our clients we actually switched to doing telehealth so we was providing services either virtually or telephonically but we made ourselves Mm -hmm. available because I mean, this pandemic it threw everyone off on a global level. Yes. And yes. so I believe because of the virtual setting and then the the HIPAA rules were p- relaxed because they wanted everyone to get access to mental health care. Because this was a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had anxiety and depression and everything before, I mean, can you imagine us what we had to go through during the pandemic, the fear? Wow. You wow. know, the isolation, that, yeah. the stay at homes, mm-hmm. um, everyone grieving their old way of life. So it was really mm-hmm. hard. But yeah. I believe that yeah. we fared well uh, in the mental health mm-hmm. bill and everyone had access to care. 
but it was just mm-hmm. wedging that gap to get everyone to come into care. But we did notice an influx of people like coming saying, hey, I just need someone to talk to so I can make sense of mm-hmm. this all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now, so wow. we know that's globally. So now let's just look at it for, you know, for Blacks specifically, you know, we mm-hmm. were all probably already dealing with other stuff. We'll probably unpack a little later. But um, mm-hmm. so think about it on that level and then bringing it home during this pandemic. Not only did we have to adjust our lifestyle, and I know everybody probably is aware of this because racial tensions went up during this time. Yes. Also. Yes. You know, yes. from the, you know, the George yes. Floyd, Breonna Taylor. I mean, I can go on because some of it mm-hmm. actually started before. Mm-hmm. So not only are we trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to navigate through a pandemic. Now, I don't even feel safe. I don't feel safe mm. because of this invisible beast, this COVID-19. And now I mm-hmm. can't even go to the store. I don't feel safe. Mm. So mm-hmm. there was the anxieties wow. that went up. If you didn't have anxiety before, you probably had anxieties looking at that. Um, there were uh, mm-hmm. Blacks that were scared to even leave their home. They were scared for yeah. their sons. They were scared for their daughters. Mm-hmm. And I, you and you remember mm-hmm. the comic strips was actually coming out saying, you know, with the little boy talking to the cop and the cops asking the little boy, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the little boy said a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. This is what yeah. we were faced with. So, um, and, and it took our, it just took this entire country in uproar. And yeah. so you you mix that with the pandemic, with the racial tensions, and then let's mix some of the other common things that uh, affect uh, Black people getting access to care or their mental health. Um, mm-hmm. So it was the high cost of, of, of medical care or getting mental care because people lost their jobs. If you didn't lose your job, mm-hmm. your hours were cut. And honestly, mm-hmm. it threw probably half of America into survival mode. Like, I just need to get through this. Businesses right. were closing. Right. And it was, you know, it was really impactful. So, again, mm-hmm. now we're adding on as we're talking anxiety, fears, depression, sadness, anger. So I'm losing everything. I'm seeing people die um everything's going on it's just it was just like a Mm -hmm. snowball effect um Mm. and so now i i know that i'm going through something and okay everyone's telling me that i can plug in and talk to someone i don't have money for a copay where do i go get Mm -hmm. money for a copay where do i Mm -hmm. go who's going to get me in Mm. and i don't know if i want if i want to even live or die Do I take my life because I can't feed my family or do I go out trying to find a job and risk getting killed by the police? These Mm. are real thoughts that people had. Right. And and so then the shame around getting mental health. I'm I'm at home. I'm struggling. I want to get out. I don't know how to feel. I don't know what to do. We heard domestic violence was on the rise. Homelessness was on Mm -hmm. the rise. 
And it's like, you know, there was no way out. And just think if it's affecting everybody, hey, I can only, I have to throw this disclaimer out there. I go, I can only speak for black mm-hmm. people. So if everybody else was mm-hmm. struggling, trust me, we're struggling probably about a hundred mm-hmm. times greater. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I will say Absolutely. That, so yeah. it was really hard. Um you know, uh, and if I decided as a black person to go get mental health or to go get mm-hmm. any type of help, there's a lack of diversity in health care. Mm-hmm. Yes. How, you, do yes. you know how to help me? You, you mm. may say that you feel sorry for me. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I want you to help me. And saying right. that you, you feel sorry for me doesn't help me. It makes me angry. But then if you mm. see that, you don't know how to relate to that anger. Mm. Wow. Wow. You know, this, everything that you just mentioned, and I'm sure you can go on and on. Yes. Everything that you just mentioned, uh, I mean, that's just, while, you know, I, I fared pretty decently, but I, you know, just hearing stories from different people, it's like you actually... Um, you like you touched on it, like like you touched the nerve of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's and and I am I am and and I make no apologies about it. I am more so. Everyone has been affected, but I am more so concerned about the black mind because we do have so much other stuff mm-hmm. that we're dealing with now. In addition we got this to deal with this and, you know, let's not even, you know, forget that, you know, it's ravishing that we're talking about the pandemic, that it's just blowing through, you know, our communities, mm-hmm. you know, um, at a, you know, at a rate that's what twice, I don't even know what the numbers are, but, you know, we are, you know, our mortality rate is much, 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 much higher yes. than those of, of whites. And that is something to look at. And, you know, it's not just be. You know, they say it's because of poor nutrition. I don't know what it is. I, actually, I have a theory. It's too early in my in my podcast to uh, <laughs> to uh, to share that theory. But I I don't believe all of what they say uh, as far as why um, our communities are being hit the heaviest. Um, I'll say this. I I well, I don't want to even get into that. All I know is it's happening. And uh, so, yes, we have to deal with that on top of if you walk outside your door, um, you know, and you happen to see a police officer, you know, is this going to be a good day for him? Mm-hmm. Because if he's having a bad day, um, then he, you know, the likelihood of him taking it out on you goes up. And it's crazy that we have to, um, it, it's, it's one thing to to monitor and adjust your own behavior for you. But now you have to, you know, watch out for the next person's behavior, the person who has, who is licensed to literally kill people. Mm-hmm. You, you have to, you know, and I don't want to turn it into, to, you know, this whole police brutality thing, but that is, you know, a part of this whole thing. And, and so I'm just mentioning it because it, it's, it's relevant, but we're having to even deal with that. And then, you know, we're in this political climate, you know, where, um, you know, we're so divided, you know, because it used to be that you had 
you know, not a lot, but you had black Republicans as well as black Democrats. Now it is almost divided, you know, along color lines, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's almost, it is almost as if most, if not all black people are Democrats and most, if not all white people are uh, Republicans. And and this, this is crazy. You know, we've never had a time, you know, even during, you know, the heightened, civil rights time it was to me it was never like this because you didn't i mean it's like all of these things that are coming at us at one time mm-hmm. you know you didn't have the pandemic going on you know uh things closed down you know and then um you know as far as i'm concerned back then you just kind of figured that if you know that most white people were against you now the time that we're living in like our group I don't know about you, but, you know, you kind of grew up thinking, okay, well, yeah, you know, we have have racism, but, you know, my peers, you know, we're getting past that, Mm -hmm. you know, and for me, in my experience, I found that um, that it wasn't necessarily getting past it, but more so uh, covering it up. Mm. And so now you have a person who's sitting in the highest position in the land, in our country who is giving a license to be the worst that you can be. So now that covering is being removed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. is my experience. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, it's like, wait a minute. Okay, so I'm thinking we're getting past racism, but we're really not. So, you know, it's even in some ways ramped up even more so because now you have a license to do and act any way you want to. You have the church that is promoting it, you know, and saying, oh, well, everything's going to be okay. And oh, by, you know, by and by, you know, but they are supporting, you know, their racist, you know, members, you know, by not holding them accountable. Okay. Uh, You know, it's just, and then we're still getting people shot up in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, um, I mean, we can just go on and on. And it just, you know, while I was trying to put this podcast together, uh, that was mental health was a big, um, like a big concern of mine, because if I'm not even I don't even deal with a third of that. But mm-hmm. my community does. Mm-hmm. I just happen as of now, I just happen to have the grace of God over me as of this moment you know what i'm saying because it, anything could change you know um i've just yeah not to say that other people are not blessed i'm just saying you know he i recognize there's a covering over me mm-hmm. you know and i recognize that he has shown grace over me okay but that doesn't mean that i can't feel and see what's going on with people in my community and that hurts me yeah. You know, that was I and that's why I told you I needed to have you come on because you could speak to not only from being, you know, a black person and, you know, and maybe even on a base level, you know, experiencing, you know, uh, just mental, mentally some of that angst, but then being on the professional side and having to deal with it. Yes. You know? Yes. You know, I was just thinking, um, and I explain it to this, uh, this way to my clients and then to people that I know, 
to, for them to understand the magnitude of it. And then I'm, I'm getting mm-hmm. ready to drive it home. I said on the mm-hmm. global level, and I mentioned a little bit earlier, but just a little bit more in depth on the global mm-hmm. level, we're all in this world dealing with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. That's everyone. So the, the mm-hmm. playing field is even, right? Mm-hmm. When the playing mm-hmm. field is even, that's when you see unity. <laughs> Just know mm-hmm. that's when everybody's mm-hmm. going through like 9-11, anything else, not trying to discount it, but that's when right. you see the most unity. Nationally, mm-hmm. we had the politics and I'll say a little bit more about that soon. So that's mm-hmm. where you, you said everybody, yes, that's where the division started. Now we had globally, the COVID, COVID, and then mm-hmm. this year we had the elections, and we know mm-hmm. how all of that went through everything. Mm-hmm. So then we go to the state level. You know, it's the you know the uh, mm-hmm. trying to figure out who are you supporting, which way mm-hmm. are you supporting, which side are you supporting? Um, do we wear masks? No mask. How do we control mm-hmm. the numbers? And we have all that going on. And then locally, at the local level, here we go with the mask mandate, to mask or not to mask. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the question. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. curfew or no Mm -hmm. curfew. And Mm -hmm. we have our own personal stuff that we were dealing with probably before the pandemic and things that arise during the pandemic. So now Mm -hmm. we're dealing with all of this stuff. And then you, so when you were talking earlier, and then we said when it comes to Black people, and yeah, there's probably other minorities, but again, I can only speak for us, mm-hmm. social, social injustice mm-hmm. on the mental health of Black mm-hmm. people, right? And so mm-hmm. let's think of these examples. You know, it's just common ones we know, because I know you mentioned poor nutrition, which that mm-hmm. could be one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got the discrimination, you know, our common yes. players, prejudice, racism, stereotyping, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. oppression. How mm-hmm. about this wealth distribution relative mm. to labor? How, how mm-hmm. I may not get paid like my white counterparts going to get paid, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No matter how much experience we have. I may mm. not get the recognition no matter how much, you know, experience or knowledge that I have. Mm-hmm. And, and so because of everything we have to deal with on so many levels and then we have to deal with social injustice on top of that Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. a result do you know that black people are more likely to deal with two things and that's trauma and violence than Mm. their white counterparts those two things trauma and violence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know we know the traumas that you see out on the street but it may be mm-hmm. traumatic if I study to get this job and you give it to someone else who just came in that has mm. less quality, you know, less qualifications, right. but they get the right. job and then you have to train them. Mm. You know, that has happened to be more times than I care to even admit. And it's, it's one of the main reasons why I stopped working, um, in, in a traditional setting, um, you know, I'm, I'm my own boss and I have to be because I, I couldn't take another situation where, you know, I'm more than qualified, but I'm training. <laughs> I'm training my boss, you know, I'm, I have to train my, and it, it, it happens so many times that, I, you know, um, but it's funny. This is why, and I'm, I, you know, I said that I wouldn't ask you and I'm not going to ask you, but um, this is why I brought up uh, epigenetics because it's like a remapping. It's it's like mm-hmm. trauma that remaps um, 
like your your DNA mapping, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's why you can you can have a group of people that res just respond almost innately to a certain thing, whereas another group of people won't, you mm. know, because it's been, it's, it's been implanted in them, yes. you know, and gener generationally, that's, you know, that's another word for it, even, you know, things that pass down generationally. And, you know, I think more people are starting to understand that, you know, this trauma is, you know, it has, it has more of a deep, deeper effect than we give it credit for because not only is it, you know, it affects how we respond to things, but then, you know, we, we transfer it to our offspring and mm -hmm. it's not even just the behaviors, but it's even just, you know, what they do um, is what they, what, what is now natural for them to do, which is not natural at all. Like to give an example, um, you know, if something happens, if we see somebody run, what do most black people, what do many black people do? They oh, run. I'm, I'm running. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we run, right? But white people, they want to see what's going on. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's been, you know, it's a, it's a, a, a remapping of how we process and handle things. And that's a real thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why, you know, when we see a scary movie and we're like, you know, run and, you know, why are you falling? And because we know that's exactly what we do. And you know the white people. You know what they do. They always, oh, my God, Chili Willikers, what's happening with the girl in the television set? And they'll go right up to the television set. No, no, we're not touching the television set. We are going, we're leaving the television. We're not even going to turn it off. We're just going to exactly. leave the <laughs> I mean, you know, what I mean? and we the first ones to get killed too. Yeah, the fastest yeah. runners, but we still get killed first. <laughs> I know. Maybe we should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a theory. They 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 single us out because they know if we last to the end, it's gonna be all. No, they have to get the you, know, you get the strongest people out first. That's what that is. That's what that, that's what I'm gonna lean on. But no, I just uh, it's it, you know this whole is crazy to me and. Uh, I don't know. I I just saw an article today. I don't know if you heard it uh, or read about it today, but let me see. Let me pull this up. Let me pull it up. You know, and I was, you know, I don't cuss in front of other people, but uh, <laughs> I was, uh, well, you know, I got to make that disclaimer because, you know, I mean, every once in a while, you you know, you say a little cuss word every now and then, but I, I try not to cuss in front of people. But uh, let's see, uh, it was this guy, this trumpeter. I don't know him, um, but then again, I don't know a lot of, uh, I don't know a lot of, uh, of musicians that are just like uh, studio musicians or whatever. I, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know. Like, so this guy, uh, his name is, Ken, was it Kenyon Harold? Did you hear about it? He was in... Uh -huh. A swanky little hotel in, let's see, I think it was in New York. And his son, he was with his son. His son had gone down to, to get breakfast, uh, like I guess their brunch or whatever. And this white lady runs up to his son. His son is like a teenager, you know, young teenager, you mm -hmm. know, runs up to his son and, and you stole my iPhone and give me my iPhone. And she's actually putting hands on the boy. Oh, 
And so, you know, Mr. Harold runs over. He's like, whoa, whoa, hey. And, you know, she's demanding, you know, show me your phone. That's my phone. You know, she's going off. And he's like, hold up. You know, this is my son's phone. You know, that is not his phone. That's my phone. And she makes this big deal. He catches, you know, he catches this, you know, um, he records it. And uh, come to find out, she lost her phone in the Uber car. No, she didn't. And she didn't. Uh, she did not apologize at all. Okay. And not only that, the uh, manager got involved. And instead of him defusing the situation, he took her side, basically mm-hmm. weaponized her anger and her frustration or her, what, her actually her racism. And uh, was demanding that the, the young boy show his phone to prove that it was his phone. And wow. so, so this story, this happened on the 26th. Um, and so this this story has gone viral. And, you know, a lot of people, musicians in the industry, industry musicians have, uh, you know, stepped up and, you know, have uh, called out this, this hotel, right? And they haven't done anything that what they said their their statement was we are going to look into this and we're going to reach out to you uh privately and according to mr harold there still hasn't been a response that was you know on the 26th we're now you know a whole 24 hours later wow crazy now mm-hmm. what i mean mentally how just that's yet one more thing and and it's really towards the sun because they don't you know i think that they're more i don't want to say fluid but i think they're more open with with the different races but then you have people our age and older that are instilling racial uh you know uh behaviors to these younger people you know what I mean? And so yeah. now, you know, you have, you know, all of this racism acting out or whatever, but, you know, that kind of damage to that young mind, because I guarantee you, uh, Mr. Harold, he's probably around our age, you know, it, you know, he's upset about it, but he's probably, okay, here's yet another thing that's happening. But to this kid, what is it doing to this kid? Two words mm. that I mentioned earlier, trauma and violence yeah yeah trauma and violence that's a traumatic experience going through that when Mm -hmm. you know something is yours Mm -hmm. and you're still having to prove Mm. and i mean it it almost sounds like the story of our lives you know Mm -hmm. we're having to prove Mm -hmm. and violence look how that look how that uh turned out Mm mm-hmm you know, it takes a, a day or, or or more to come out with a apology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't even know if there is an apology because there's been no word uh, exactly. up to this point. <laughs> and you know, you can look at it's funny because you know, I just you know, I went to you know the hotel's website. I went to because um, they found out who the girl is. So I went to her her page and all you see really is all of these certified, these checkmark people, you know, and I'm thinking if I'm running a hotel and I know that these people, I mean, everything is, is 
propelled by social media, right? You mm-hmm. know, and so I see all of these people uh, that are hitting, you know, my comments that are verified. You know that they, you know, their circle or of influences thousands of people. Okay, and you're seeing all of these different people that are certified. To me, that's just a social media nightmare. I would want to take care of that. Mm-hmm. But no, up to this point, there has been no word, no, uh, no, uh, uh, you know, uh, apology. There has been uh, nothing. You know, the manager still has his position. <laughs> nothing. Mm-mm. Nothing. And yeah. probably won't be nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe a letter and a and a gift certificate. <laughs> you know, I also wondered, you know, thinking about the father, what and now what that would have done to him because you you know you okay, I put myself in that position. I don't have kids, but if I had kids or if I had my nephew with me and that happened, you know. Immediately, I'm thinking, how far can I go? Because we know that some, a lot of times, many times, these stories turn out differently. And it ends up that the innocent <laughs> uh, is, you know, jailed, if not worse, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is what would have gone through my mind. So I'm wondering, you know, did he think about that? Did he go through this whole list of scenarios, you know, while he's dealing, while he's in the middle of this confrontation like because he the woman ended up she he had to get her off his son which means he had to put hands on the woman this is a black man a white woman Mm-mm. she hit the ground that's on tape on video okay and in my mind i'm thinking oh brother okay you know they're gonna call the cops and they're you know at the very least he's gonna go to jail you know, this is my thought because how many times have we seen something like that or heard of something like that happening, you know, or it being even worse, you know, and then to be that person that's in the middle of that, possibly going through all those different scenarios. Should I put my hands on this woman? Should I not? Should, you know, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? What's going to happen if it goes left? You know, mm-hmm. what if my son, if it's just me and my son by, by ourselves here, what's going to happen with him? How do I get him back to hit? You know what I'm saying? I mean, all of these different, that right there is mental anxiety for me. And I'm not even in the middle of it. Exactly. I can't imagine what he was going through. Exactly. I wanted to chime in right there, even reading that, like, I mean, even reading that, like you were just saying and feeling that and being able to identify Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to traumatic experiences, Mm -hmm. you may, you may hear about it. You don't, it doesn't necessarily have to directly affect you. Mm -hmm. It could just be you hearing about it. And because we have witnessed and heard so much and really with George Floyd, because we had the video. Mm. Yeah, that was a traumatic experience for us. Yeah. The point that when we just hear or we see CNN, we're not seeing the actual footage. We don't even know them personally, but Mm -hmm. we can identify with that and Mm -hmm. that emotional pull that we have. That's what causes us, just like you were saying, 
more anxieties, more depressions, more anger, more stress. Mm-hmm. And it not only affects us right there at that moment while we're watching that or we're reading that, we're actually carrying these emotions when we go to work, when we go to school. Mm. Mm. And it creates a place of where we do not feel safe. Mm. So what do we do, though? What do we do? What And and that was the, the, the title. You know, well, actually, I didn't give it a title, but that's what I was thinking going into this conversation. How do we keep our right mind as black folks in this America, in this new America? Because we this pandemic changed the game for real. Exactly. So I'm, I want to answer that question and I'm throwing out a disclaimer because I'm probably going to get in trouble from this point. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have to throw that out there. Mm. But no, um. In all seriousness, um, speaking to us, we, here I go, because I mm-hmm. am a counselor. Yes, we got to get plugged in. Mm-hmm. We, we got to start breaking these generational uh, issues and traumas and curses mm-hmm. over our family. We have to, mm-hmm. right? So I can't speak to anyone else. Yes, organizations can have cultural diversity trainings. We can do kumbayas, whatever, and talk about diverse and do different team buildings and all of this and grant monies and everything else out. It starts at home. This story, and I know most of us have probably heard it, so I hope I don't jack it up like I was saying, um, but to explain the importance of a traditional issue, curses, whatever you want to call them, and traumas. I think of a story that I heard a long time ago about a woman that would cut the ends of meat uh, mm-hmm. each time she would prepare like mm-hmm. a holiday dinner right mm-hmm. and every time so this one year her mom happens to go in the kitchen and and she, her mom saw her like cutting the ends off the meat and her mm-hmm. mom's like why are you doing that why are you cutting it off Mm-hmm. And she replied, I cut the ends off because I saw you cut them off. Mm. And her mom said, I cut those ends off long time ago because my meat did not fit into the pan. Mm. That was the only reason. Mm. And the mother said to the daughter that it's okay to buy a bigger pan. It's mm. okay to do that. Mm. So I may not have told the story right, but I yeah. wanted to use this version to make a point about how generational issues or curses have long-term emotional and mental stress on Blacks. Mm. Because we, just as you was mentioned, we respond. We do everything as how we've seen. Every, this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is the way we've always done it, mm-hmm. right? We don't see it differently. We don't explore it differently. And generational issues, of course, start with one um, generation and its impact continues to spread throughout future generations. Mm. Mm. Exactly. And so us, we we have to address what's going on. We got to start dressing the elephants that's in our room, people. Mm. But we've been taught and conditioned over the years when things are happening to either ignore it or that's mm. how Uncle Bubba and Aunt Aunt Louise is. Mm-hmm. 
You know, she has the nervous breakdown. Uncle Bubba doesn't come out of his room. Um, just so-and-so's talking out the side of their neck. Sorry, that's the Texas thing coming out. Yep. But it's just, but it's things like that that we say and we just excuse it and we just, you know, sweep it on. Mm-hmm. And we see our kids crying and we, or we see our, 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 you know, telling them to man up. You know, it's okay. You got to be strong. Mm. Mm. You know, all of these things keep those generational curses on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, you see some somebody in your family that was in an abusive relationship. You may get into an abusive relationship because they may not be, you know, punching you in your face, but they're punching you on your feet. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. we, we got to acknowledge what's going on and break these generational curses. And I, I do want to add in... Um, when you mentioned earlier, another thing that keeps us bound, and then I'll get to the answers of what we can do, mm-hmm. is the religious piece. So, yes, I'm going to tiptoe lightly here. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, I actually, besides, because uh, I do counseling just with any and everybody, but when it comes to like the churches and faith and everything else, I really go hard in that area because mm-hmm. I'm like, we got to reduce these stigmas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we always say, you know, oh God, what's going on? You know, if you're dealing with depression and you're sad or you're stressed, you're not praying hard enough. Mm. Or you letting that demon control you. So-and-so letting that demon control them. Let's see if we can pray it away. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, you don't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. If you just have enough faith, you wouldn't have to take the, that medication. Mm. Again, we just talked about the two words. If no one else will get anything else from this conversation that we're having, trauma and violence mm-hmm. can, yeah. can hinder someone praying it away. Wow. Or, you know, taking medication to deal with the trauma and violence, not discounting faith and how it moves. But let's stabilize the person first. Mm -hmm. We got to acknowledge again the elephant in the room. Whatever happened to that person was trauma and probably caused violence. Mm -hmm. Let's work on that and work through that. Right. And and so my two go to slogans that I like to say that it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And it's okay. If anybody's seen me on any platforms, I said that it's okay to have Jesus in the therapist. Mm. It, it is. <laughs> Say that again. Say it again. It's okay to have Jesus in a therapist. <laughs> so you heard it, family. You heard it. Have Jesus and a therapist. And, and, and. not or. Not or. Not yet. Yeah, <laughs> right. Wow. That therapist is not trying to be your God. Mm-hmm. So just get that out. They just want to help you through that natural stuff. The stuff you probably hide, you know, when you go to church. But <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but um, no, it's the truth. All the truth. It is. Yeah. That's the truth anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, but um, and it's and it, but that's one of my, the biggest struggles that it's hard trying to normalize like mental illnesses within some churches. Some mm-hmm. churches have actually started like mental health ministries and they actually acknowledge it and they incorporate it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that that's really good. But then there's others who don't want to talk about it. But guess what? It's coming in your church. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in your church. Absolutely. 
So if we could get the natural part of them to a place of stability, then the rest is history. Mm. So do you do you um, do you work directly with or do you partner with churches or, you know, how do you what is what is your because I I do know, like you mentioned, um, there are and sometimes it's usually it'll be um somebody who is a therapist that go to the church that is offering that as a ministry. But it, it sounds like to me, or it seems like to me that, you know, there might even be uh, counseling services that are actually like parachurch ministries. Like they're not part of the church. Yeah. They just kind of come alongside. Do you do any of that or, you know, or no? <laughs> All right. So, um, I would mm-hmm. if I had the opportunity. Okay. But the, the opportunities don't really come mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. especially in some of the black churches. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it real broad. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, want to stick to the praying away or, you know, putting your medicine medication at the altar. Mm-hmm. And they'll just leave it right there. Or when we see people that are different than us, mm-hmm. mental health wise, if their their behavior is, is a problem, mm. you know, we don't want anything coming out to affect the past. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Get them out of here. Quiet them down. Give them something to do. Mm. Go get them juice or something. You know, they don't know what to do. Right. They don't know what to do if someone's going through it. Mm. But then when you you talk about it, or even if they know that you are a therapist and could talk about how to handle it, that's something that they don't want to incorporate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you something. Uh, uh-huh. Have you heard of, of deliverance ministries? Yes. Okay. Uh, what is your position um, not trying to get you in trouble or anything. Uh, let me say this before you, before you go into that. So just by, uh, I, I kind of fell into a deliverance ministry, um, years ago. And it was really, uh, I went, the, the lady who held, who had a, a, she had a deliverance ministry, but she was also prophetic. And so, a friend of mine at the time would go and, you know, she would listen to her and it was sort of like, like a, uh, like a home church meeting, you know? And so, you know, mm-hmm. she'd give a little, she'll give a word or she'll teach a little bit. And then she, if she had any words of knowledge or prophecy, she'd give those. But then sometimes um, she would have a deliverance uh, service and she offered deliverance ministry to people who were in need. And basically it was uh, like counseling. <laughs> and my, my, well, my, uh, my involvement really was just, I was, I was the technical part. I just recorded stuff, you know, if, you know, video or audio, that's what I did. So I never set in on um, any of those counseling, but that's what they will call it. They will call it counseling sessions but it's deliverance ministry. So have you come across any of that? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? Um, not the counseling sessions per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like, 
you know, witnessed or, or, you know, been around like deliverance ministries. And I will say my safe answer of that does work, Mm -hmm. you know, then it works. Mm -hmm. If it, you know, if that's where that person's faith at and whatever's going on, you know, helps them or rid them of whatever they're dealing with, Mm -hmm. then that's great. But if that trauma mm-hmm. and violence is so horrific that that person can't manage their emotions or navigate through it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's reflecting in their behavior mm. where their behavior is probably super erratic mm-hmm. or they suicidal or just it's something like that. Then uh, a higher level of care may be right necessary in addition to the deliverance so that was not to put you on you know put you on the spot or to even to challenge you at all it's just as we're talking you know i'm thinking that hey wait a minute i was kind of involved in something that and it was called it was called technically deliverance but it was you know when they explained it it was basically counseling and i'm going to be very honest i don't know if any of them were licensed to be honest um you know it was you know it was done um under the guise of you know uh ministry and you know under uh i guess spiritual uh i don't know spiritual help or i don't know but you know in thinking back you know there are there were times that i knew people who went through a ministry session and they would have to do multiple sessions. And now I'm thinking, well, they, they needed a, you know, a professional, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, and I'm having these thoughts while you and I are talking. I haven't, yeah, I haven't been part of that ministry in, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 years. But yeah, there was a time that I was, and you know, again, um, it was new to me, you know, and and like you know, when you when you find something new, you know, um, and it's something that's it was it's not that it's taboo, but I mean, back then it that was kind of for me even I'll say it was it was hard to wrap my mind around a prophecy, you know, so I pulled in that way you know, and a lot, and I don't know what, what your belief system is regarding that. And I'm not even gonna, you know, I'm just going to say that I personally believe in it. Um, uh, but that's how that, that got me in. And so everything mm-hmm. about that ministry was appealing to me. And, uh, but mostly what they did was deliverance, which you know, when you break it down, I mean, they were just, they were, you know, doing a, a sort of counseling. But I remember there were people that had to go through multiple sessions. Yeah. And when I say multiple, I'm talking about, you know, they would go months and months and months, you know, and, you know, they probably needed to have a professional, you know, who really understood that part of it to step in, you know, and take the assist, you know what I mean? Or take the, yeah. Mm. I totally, uh, I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. 
on that. Um, and I, so I know that they, you know, people can use the word counseling or, you know, pretty loosely, mm-hmm. you know, so they could be just, you know, providing some words and just say that's their counselors for that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and so if it does like within that setting, just like you were saying, if it works, mm-hmm. right. And that, you know, if that's where their belief is, that's great. Um, but if you said, yeah, but multiple sessions mm-hmm. and there probably are people is like, yeah. whoa, yeah. you know, something isn't, you know, going mm-hmm. right. And that's where a professional would, would have probably been helpful with helping that person get whatever resources they Mm -hmm. need and then you know you know to balance out what they're getting um with the church and I think that's why I you know I talk to people Mm -hmm. you know about the importance of integrating that within within the church because to be able to identify like okay, this person may need a higher level of Mm -hmm. care and that doesn't necessarily mean that um, they have a demon. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have any faith or that they're a demon themselves. Mm -hmm. They just may need, you know, something to help take the edge off. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned that one of the ways that we can keep our mind right in this new America is by addressing the elephants in the room about getting real and breaking some of those uh, generational curses, you know, um, on a micro level, you know, like within our own home, within our own dwelling. What are some other um, ways that we can push forward and, and, and get on the right path as much as we can in protecting our mental health? Right. So I think um, other things that we can do, um, um, I, I believe that um, to help us cope with like the racial tensions, to help us address stigmas, mm-hmm. um, the stigmas, like what stays in this house, oh. you know, what, what goes on in this house stays mm-hmm. in this house and encourage uh, mental health uh, treatment. Um, it, it, I think education mm-hmm. And make it okay to go out and uh, find places and get involved in the community. Like here in in Phoenix, as a matter of fact, um, I'm helping with the NAMI. That's the National Alliance of Mental mm-hmm. Illness. And they were doing what they do, right? Because it's mm-hmm. suffice. And I actually reached out to them because I met somebody on my show that was saying, like, why don't you get plugged in there? And I was like, yeah, I could reach mm-hmm. more people. And Anami actually has a sharing hope program for African-American mm. families to help wedge this gap. We didn't have it here in mm. Phoenix at wow. all. And after meeting with them, they're willing to bring it. I mean, yeah, they're going to bring it here to mm-hmm. Phoenix in early 2021. And I'm really excited yeah. about that. But I, I just really think we need to educate, keep going out and mm-hmm. educating because we as black people have gone through a yeah. lot. Yeah. 
And I think just recognizing the signs that, you know, if I'm starting to feel on edge, I'm worried, I'm irritable, I'm losing sleep, I'm scared to leave my house, but it's impacting my daily living to, um, to figure out that I may need to see somebody for therapy, or I may need a medication to just knock some of the mm-hmm. edge off because I've been through a lot. But education is so important for us. Um, finding out where you can go in your community, and it may be you seeking individual therapy. And I want to throw, uh, I want to throw this mm-hmm. in also, finding someone that you can identify with. Just because you've been assigned to a therapist, that's the same mm-hmm. as a counselor. Just because you've been assigned, if you don't feel safety and you don't feel comfortable, ask for mm-hmm. someone else. If you want someone to look like you, feel free to ask yeah. for that. Because therapy is only going to work. And um, us being Mm -hmm. open. Um, I think uh, another thing during the pandemic, and uh, I can almost go on a little tangent about that, was the Black Lives Mm. Matter movement. That movement became Mm -hmm. huge. And I believe it, and we have a a first lady uh, going, first lady, (laughs) look at me still in church. We have a vice president going Mm -hmm. into the office that looks like us. So hopefully that'll start to push us in that direction of becoming more safe and comfortable of addressing certain issues, i.e. mental health as one of those issues. Right. You mentioned uh, NAMI. I don't know if, if, if we all know what that is. What is it? National Association? Alliance. National Alliance on Mental Illness. Okay. Yeah. I just, you know, people who didn't know what, like me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've seen it. I've seen, but I didn't know what it was. So I just wanted to get that. Let me ask you, though. I I don't want to, you know, I hate to interrupt you, but I do want to ask this question because I, I did not. I, I did not include it, but I I made a note to ask you <sighs> the suicide rate in our communities. Um, do you have any uh, words of knowledge or wisdom about that? Any information about that? How we can, um, you know, recognize the signs, how we can um help you know those who you know we find out are suffering reason why i ask is because i'm not really in the pop culture but i am a little bit and i've noticed that a lot of our uh celebrities are you know they're not doing well you know and um you know several have have uh indicated that they've tried or they've thought about it and um I think some of us are, you know, kind of have this notion that when you reach a certain status, you know, you, you know, especially like a celebrity, they don't have problems or whatever, and they do. Uh, but how do we on our little level, you know, you know, Becky, well, I don't want to say Becky because, you know, but, but Tamika, <laughs> you know, if Tamika's having problems, you know, how do, you know, how do I, how do I reach out to her? How do I even recognize that she might be, you know, uh, having some problems in contemplating and, and, you know, she, she hasn't said anything to me, 
but things are off. I can see things are off. I mean, what do I do? Uh, yeah, I was uh, glad that you said that. Um, suicide is, yeah, when people are contemplating it, um, I like to throw in that suicide mm-hmm. is preventable. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, just if you know people and you see people, um, if you see a change mm-hmm. in their routine, um, a drastic change mm. in their routine, um, drastic change mm. in hygiene, any type of drastic change in mm-hmm. their eating. Um, if it's a coworker and you work with them, they're starting to miss work more mm-hmm. than usual. Um, buzzwords, pay attention to buzzwords because there are all kinds of warning mm-hmm. signs that people can actually give. And if we're running our mouths or we're just passing by, mm-hmm. we can miss them. You know, some people could say, oh, I'm just so mm-hmm. tired. Or, but you, I mean, you got to be able mm-hmm. to analyze it, right? Because they may mm-hmm. like did be tired. But then if it's, you know, and if you hear the, you know, wait oh, gosh, I wish I could. I was thinking, because, you know, I say that a lot. And I'm like, no, I'm really tired. Like, I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need a session? <laughs> no, uh, look, look. No, I'm really tired now. I, you know, I'm not tired life. I'm just tired <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> no. Yeah, y'all, I'm not making light of suicide. I was just, yeah, I thought about the common, that common phrase. But if you hear people like, you know, um, sometimes I wish I can just go to mm, sleep and not yeah. wake up. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, you know, guys, you know, everything's been going on and I'm not able to take mm-hmm. care of my family. I'm wondering if my kids, my kids would be mm. better off without. Wow. Me. Wow. You know, sometimes I just don't want to be here, which really that can be an emotion. But when you hear Mm -hmm. those buzzwords, whether you're a counselor or not, you know, just, hey, you know, asking them, hey, what's going on and see Mm -hmm. if they'll talk to you. And so in training, they teach you and it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's true. But, hey, are you thinking about, you know, Mm. killing yourself? You got to be direct. They say don't, okay. don't beat around the bush. Cause see, I would have. I'm not gonna lie. I would. Yeah. I, I would beat around the bush. Uh, you you thinking about uh like maybe uh things from my goal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to laugh. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, me. I wouldn't right. even. So okay, you're supposed to be direct. Okay. Yeah, but just definitely listening to those buzzwords, or even just stopping and listening to them to mm-hmm. see what's going on. Especially if it, the key thing, this is not mm. their character. Now, if you know there are people that every time you see them and they have what I call the Eeyore spirit, mm-hmm. they're okay, probably. I mean, you can see if, you know, it, it's got any, mm-hmm. any more severe. But if it's somebody where they're up, they're bubbly, they exercise, they do this, and you see that they're not engaging in their mm-hmm. same routine for like days mm-hmm. or weeks. And and they start to seem like they're isolating. Just say, hey, you know, I was just checking in. A lot's going on. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you okay? And they're probably, oh, it's a lot going on. And just getting them to that place of safe and, and mm-hmm. feeling comfortable to even wow. share. Okay. Hmm. 15 minutes. 15 minutes, they said, suicide is preventable. If you can talk to someone for at least 15 minutes or more, that will hopefully distract them enough to decide and to find reasons amongst themselves to actually live. 
And um, this is a bonus for everyone that's listening today. Um, also, be careful with how you comfort people that may be contemplating suicide. Because if you say, oh, you have your kids, what are they mm. going to do without you? Your family, what are they going to do? And I mean, those are things that mm-hmm. we say, nothing wrong with it, but it can create a sense of guilt oh. for that person too. For even Girl, I'm all wrong thought. because I, I, I definitely would have said that. I would have. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So just talking to them and, you mm-hmm. know, letting them talk, find mm-hmm. out what's going on. And I'm yeah. here. I'm listening. You know, do the mm-hmm. reflective listening to let them know that you're listening. So it's like reflective listening is, okay, I see that you say you're tired um, and that you you don't really want mm-hmm. to be here. You know, why is it you don't want to be here? Oh, it's mm-hmm. because of what, you know, just, you know, reflecting yeah. with them. So you're not even you're not even trying to give them necessarily a solution, but you're being an ear and, and giving them the time to kind of cool down. Is that right? That's 15 minutes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Well, family, you heard it here. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to. Hey, you know what? I just, I just thought about something. I want to go back up to, you know, look, the evangelicals, they, they are on my hit list right now. Uh, I was going to, I was going to, you know, I was going to let us in, but I got to get your thoughts. Uh, what, what, what do you think about, about our evangelicals or our ultra Christian factions versus our uh, regular uh, Christian folks? I mean, do you see a difference? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you have an opinion about it? What say you? Um, n- not really. I will say that um, it can be a danger to be all heavenly minded mm-hmm. and no earthly mm-hmm. good, which means that yeah. you're human and everyone else around you is human. And if I'm mad, if I'm having a bad day, if I do something that's probably not probably not the best decision, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm mm-hmm. going to go to hell. So so I wish that I could, you know, reach those who fit mm-hmm. in that category because it's either you're right yeah. or wrong. And that definitely doesn't help one that's struggling with um yeah, absolutely. illness. Okay. Yeah, because it creates the you know the judge judgmental or being judgmental, not being that mm-hmm. listening ear because you don't have time mm-hmm. to be that listening ear because you've mm. already arrived. Well, you heard Miss Kimberlyn say it. Mm, mm, mm. Well, let me ask you. So, uh, do you if somebody does somebody have to live in your city if they want to be if they want to uh, seek you as a as a therapist as a as a counselor do you take uh virtual uh patients and if so do you want to share your information okay yeah as a matter of fact so currently i'm only uh, okay. registered in arizona 
um, I can only see people that reside mm-hmm. in Arizona because of the license and restriction and the liabilities. Um, I'm planning on mm-hmm. the pandemic slow me down because I wanted to get licensed in Texas and California. Those two are, are next mm-hmm. on my list. But um, you can reach me at, um, oh gosh, okay, mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram. This is interesting. I know it's Focus Living Counseling, mm-hmm. LLC. It's got some dashes <laughs> in there, y'all. Just look up, just look up Kimberlyn. Yeah. Well, no, I will, I will, I will put it in the show notes also. Yeah. Okay. I Thank sure you. will. Please put I it in the will. show notes. And and what are your other <laughs> uh, social platforms? Um, on um, Facebook, Kimberlyn B L P C. Um, let me see. I could. Can you live, list my email Absolutely. if they have any questions? Because I can definitely get people. Absolutely. Why don't you give it out now, and then, um, and then when we end, I'll get I'll get it from you, and put it in the show notes. Okay, so you can send me an email at focused living llc f o c u s e d living l i v i n g l l c at gmail dot com. I'm building, hey, y'all. That I works. Building, that works. So. Okay. And tell us about uh, under under the scope. Oh, under the scope. That's my baby. So it comes on on Saturdays at eleven a.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's a scope cast, and I actually hold it in Zoom. I call it a scope cast. I think it's a word I made up because it's in between a podcast. But you can actually interact with the person. That's why I hold it in Zoom. So I interviewed the person on their knowledge, skills, um, talents, and abilities, and any contribution they may have in respect to mental health awareness. That's where I'm at. I push mental Mm -hmm. health awareness in the communities. And after that, after they do their interview, they have to go under the scope with the guests that are actually Ooh. attending the Zoom meeting. Yeah, and they have and they gotta oh, answer Lord. those questions. Okay. <laughs> it's been phenomenal. I started mm-hmm. it in August of this year, and it has truly been a blessing. I had 16 people on under the scope in 2020, and then 2021 will be back June. January. Uh, not June. January <laughs> the 9th. January. We'll be back. And yeah, so I'll be excited about that. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm I'm probably changing the time. But if you follow me on Facebook at Kimberlon B L P C, I post, post, post my shows and the Zoom link. And I would love to have each and every one of you to come on the show. Because I'm getting Ooh. Erica on the show and, and I'm now, excited. Now about I'm that. scared. Uh <laughs> because I guess I didn't understand the <laughs> under the scope part so woo, uh, you guys pray for me if you're praying if you are a praying bunch pray for me please because i don't know Man, I'm <laughs> you will be safe and comfortable Ooh, no trauma because I, I don't like trauma i got enough of it I, and i don't like violence I, i'm a non-violent person non-violent person no this has been awesome man i thank you so much i don't know i might have to break this up and it's 
this be two parts because this was I don't want to cut nothing. Yeah, this was a good, uh, a good uh, conversation. A lot of information that we need. Oh man, and a lot of good catching up. I love loved every minute of it. Every minute yes. of it. Not, exactly. Yeah, this and I thank awesome. you. I thank you for your time. I usually only limit it to an hour because I do like to be respectful of other people's time. But I had to. Um, I had to continue on with you because it was it was too too good to stop. So and I'm not. I'm Aww, you know I'm. You. I don't. I'm not trying to to gas you up. I'm being very honest about it. It was. For me to stop it would do a disservice, you know, to, to the conversation. So, oh, yeah. So, anyway, family, I thank you for for um, uh, joining us today with Miss Kimberlon Har uh, Barnes. Uh, we had a great time today. We had a lot of great information and everything that you would need as far as how to contact uh, Kimberlon will be in the show notes. Uh, we also want to put some um, hotline numbers in there, uh, 1-800 numbers in there, uh, so that you can have more resources at your disposal if you got if you have problems or you just need to to reach out and and uh, uh, touch somebody vocally. <laughs> so anyway, I thank you again, uh, Miss Kimberlyn Barnes, for joining us and. Um, you're welcome. Y'all get the right. elephants out of the house. I'm working on mine. I want them out. I'm working on it. Well, thank you so much. This week in Black Renaissance, I want to tell you about a former nurse named Candace Brown and her mission to provide a more safer and healthier way to fight the COVID virus. She has created what she has called the All Natural COVID Care Box. And the box was created to help boost your immunity in a natural and uh, in a more natural manner and provide some self-care at the same time. Listen, there are um, vegan products in the box, um, wild-caught sea moss, and other things that are well above my <laughs> my knowledge of health of health and nutrition uh, and wellness but you know what maybe it's time that I become educated because we are dealing with something that that is just running through our our communities this whole covid thing and I want to be able to uh, take care of myself in a more healthy way so I'm definitely going to check out Candace's website it is called welcome to eden.yoga and I'm going to learn more about her natural covid care box and I'm going to support uh uh Miss Candace uh, and hopefully I can partake in whatever's in this natural COVID care box. And I am, invite and encourage you guys to do the same. Check out our website. Again, it's, it's welcome to Eden.yoga. She's also on Instagram. And I will make sure to include all of her uh, socials in the, in the show notes. And listen, we have to do what we need to do to stay healthy and what better way to do it than in a more holistic and in uh, natural manner, right? Because that's, you know, let's use uh, the natural elements to fight this thing.
okay? Um, and also, let's support this Black-owned business, and let's help, um, let's keep supporting Black Renaissance. Family, we had an awesome conversation with Miss Kimberlon Barnes, and what she said is absolutely correct. We need to get the elephants out of the room, and for far too long, I know that, just speaking personally, you know, I've kept some elephants <laughs> hanging around, taking up space, and you know what? We're not getting any younger. Let's get rid of those elephants, elephants in the room so that we can be a more wholesome person, a more healthier person mentally, be more stable and, you know, live our best life. Right. And so I want to thank Miss Kimberlyn Barnes again. I want to thank you guys uh, for tuning in and make sure that you check our show notes for all of Kim's information uh, to find out how to reach us on Instagram and and Facebook. Also, we have our, our email address there. So uh, you can drop us a line or you can give us um, topics to discuss. Maybe we'll discuss them. There's also a way to leave a voice message. Um, I think there's a button there on our website. You just uh, you just uh, activate the button and leave us a message and maybe it will show up in a in an episode. Maybe we'll see. Also, make sure that you uh, follow, like, and subscribe uh, to all the podcast platforms that you listen to, and make sure that you tell a friend to listen. That is important, and even more important is wherever you can leave a rating, please leave a five-star rating so that we can uh, grow and, and increase in the algorithms and you know, again, this has been an awesome, awesome time with you guys. I'm having fun with this. I hope you guys are having fun as well. And, you know, we're just going to have more conversations. So until then, on your end, keep the conversations going.